0: To learn more about Dream City Church, you can visit our website where you can join groups, register for events, safely give, and so much more. DreamCityOK.Church. How are we doing this morning, Dream City? Anybody excited to be in God's house this morning? Man, wonderful to be here, wonderful to see you. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so happy to see you this morning. It's truly one of my favorite times of the year, a brand new year. Man, it just kind of feels like a clean slate. And uh, I don't know about you, but I am praying, believing, expecting God to do some incredible things in the year 2024. Are you with me this morning? Man, I'm believing it. I really am. And tomorrow officially kicks off our 21 days of prayer. And every year in January we take 21 days, and man, we we seek God and we pray, and it's amazing, Uh, we've been, uh, gosh, five or six years in now, every time that this church intentionally turns its heart and focus towards God in prayer... Every single time, God does something tremendous in our midst. He really does. So I, I don't anticipate this year is going to be any different. I think God's going to do incredible things in our lives and, and birth dreams and passions and visions for the year 2024. But this year is a little bit of a twist. Instead of prayer and fasting, we are going to launch into 21 days of prayer and feasting. Which I am terribly excited about. And, yeah, Spiegel's with me. And when the Lord first started laying this on my heart, I really had to take a few extra days because I wasn't sure if it was the Lord talking or my belly talking, because I sure enough don't like skipping any meals, but I really feel like it's the Lord. And I know it doesn't seem or sound like the most spiritual thing ever, like we feel better about ourselves when we're miserable and suffering and not eating, and, but if you really take a look at the first church, one of the most spiritual things that they did was spend time together. Scripture said they had everything in common. They, they shared everything. They met daily in the temple, in homes. They prayed. They broke bread. Like these people did life together. And I know you may not love every person that's in this room 100%. But we are so much better together. Church, we need each other. And I think that relationships are one of the most spiritual things that we can do. I'm not sure that there's a better way for Christians to grow than through relationships. I'm not sure that there's a better way for Christians to be encouraged or matured or discipled than through relationships. So, we're going to meet every single Wednesday, the next three Wednesdays, uh, except this time we're going to meet about 6, 6.15. And we're all going to have a meal together out in the Great Hall for the next three Wednesdays. We're going to talk. We're going to laugh. We're going to have a great time. We're going to come in here at 7. We're going to worship together. We're going to pray together. God's going to do some beautiful things. But I don't think that's enough. It's one thing to see each other on Sunday and Wednesday. But I'm challenging each and every one of you the next three weeks to make an intentional effort to spend time with other believers outside of these four walls. You know, it's crazy, but there's no rule against like, hey, invite somebody over to your house for dinner. You know that, right? And maybe invite somebody to lunch or get up a little earlier and have breakfast with somebody. But just, I'm challenging you, be intentional. Well, Mark, I'm nervous about it. What if no one invites me over? Then I'm going to know that nobody likes me. And like, I spend a lot of time with a lot of people. And do you know that I initiate about 95% of those meetups? Because I'm not gonna sit around and wait, like, oh, I hope somebody invites me. Dad Gummit, you got a phone, baby. It works. Call somebody, take the initiative, put yourself out there. I promise you, there's other people in this in this room thinking the same thing. Like, what if no one calls? Well, what if all you little introverts just get together and have a little introvert party? What do you <laughs> could be great? <laughs> 21 days. And I'm just believing God's going to do something so incredible. If we're not careful, we're going to become that big church where nobody knows each other and people coming in and out of these doors every single Sunday and nobody knows their name and nobody, that's the last thing we need to be, Dream City Church. Man, we are the family of God. So get busy these next 21 days. Are you guys up for that? All right, let's pray together. Lord, I love you. I thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. Lord, I believe that you put a word on my heart for this church, for this season. So, Holy Spirit, I just, if you don't do it this morning, I can't in my own strength, my own ability. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would open our ears, that you would make our hearts soft and pliable to hear and receive what it is that you have for us today. Lord, my prayer is that every person would leave this place different than the way they came in. God, I thank you for it. We give you all the praise. In the beautiful name of Jesus, everybody said. All right, I want to start this morning in Ephesians chapter 2, a very common verse, but a very profound verse, and it starts off talking about us, you you in this room, even though this was written thousands of years ago, it says, for we, that's every believer in this room this morning, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that... He planned for us long ago. Would you like to hear some incredible news this morning? I like good news. God has a plan for your life. And yes, I'm talking to you this morning. God has a plan for your life. And guess what? It's not a bad plan. It's the opposite of that. God has a good plan for your life that's going to give you joy, that's going to give you peace, that's going to give you passion, that's going to give you a future and a hope. He has a plan for every life that's in this room. And no, it's not always going to be easy. And yes, there are going to be some terrible things that happen in your life, hard things, tribulations and trials. Yes, those things are going to happen in your life, but... Even in those hard, difficult seasons, you have to understand that your God is playing chess while the enemy's playing checkers. He's always three or four steps ahead. And this is what he does with that. We have this incredible hope in Romans chapter eight that says this, and we know, I mean, we know, you got to have it solid down in your heart. And we know that God causes, what's that next word? Most things, some things, the vast majority of things causes everything to work together for the good. Now be careful, don't think that this verse tells you that everything in your life is good that is absolutely, positively not what the scripture says. You're going to experience plenty of bad things. But he has this unbelievable way of taking what the enemy wants to do, turning it, twisting it, and using it for your good. He causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Yes, the enemy is working schemes in your life. And he's attacking you, and that's what his job is. But even in those things, God is using them to his plans and his purposes in your life, friends. And that's something that's celebratory this morning. He has a purpose for your life. And I want you to get this settled down in your life. I want to put it on the screen. This needs to be a mantra for your life this year. You were created on purpose for a purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you this morning. You were created on purpose. Now, I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done. I don't know where you've come through. I don't know any of those things. But here's what I do know this morning is that God still has a plan and a purpose for your life. And your future can start today, friend, no matter what it's been like before. When you get Jesus in the middle of your life, man, your future can start today. You need to know that God does nothing on accident, by chance, or coincidence. But he has a divine plan and a divine purpose for everything that happens in your life. So, in the year 2023, We were very diligent, and the Lord laid on my heart that everything we're gonna do, we're gonna do it with all our hearts. And God did some really beautiful, incredible things. And for the year 2024, this is what the Lord's laid on my heart for us as a church that the year 2024 is going to be us doing things on purpose. Everything we do is going to be on purpose. Did you know today that nothing in your life just magically happens? Nothing good, at least. I mean, you can do nothing and get fat and lazy. Come on. <laughs> but nothing in your life that's good just magically happens. Absolutely nothing. No, no dream, no plan. Nothing in your life just magically happens. Friends, it takes work. It takes determination. Focus, intentionality, patience, nothing in your life just magically happens. And that mindset and that attitude we have to bring into our Christian life. The rules are just the same, friends. Now, maybe you're here this morning and you say, like, man, 2024, I've had this dream, Mark, I want to play piano. Man, I've always just had this dream. I just want to play piano. I don't want to worship God like that. Well, guess what, friends? I could probably teach you how to do that. Now, I'm not volunteering to give you all free piano lessons, but I'm just saying, if you can clap on beats, I can probably do that. It's pretty basic principles that I can, I can teach you. If you can't clap on beat, then there's no hope for you. That's the truth. And I'm very sad to say that for many of you in this room, there is no hope. If you ever see me fiddling around with my left ear on stage, I like to keep it open a little bit because I want to hear you sing and I want to hear you clap. And So if you ever see me trying to get this ear closed... It's one of two reasons. Either somebody's singing very loudly badly, and it's distracting. I'm sure the Lord thinks it's beautiful. You are making a beautiful noise to the Lord. But no one else around you thinks it's beautiful. Or um, we have this metronome in our ears. All the guys on stage, beep, 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 keeps us all on rhythm together. Well, sometimes I have that ear out, and this ear's hearing beep, 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 and this ear's hearing A circus seal clapping for celebration. What in the Lord? What's happening? So if you can't clap on beat, piano's not in your future. But if you can, if you want to practice on purpose and spend hours and hours and days and days and weeks, I promise you, you can do it. Like, you could put in the work. You could do it. Nothing just magically happens. you got to do it on purpose. Maybe you're here this morning and you're looking at me and you're saying, my gosh, that dude is ripped to shreds. Where did he get all those muscles? (laughs) Something funny, Samantha? (laughs) I can show you how to do it, man, but it's going to take work, determination. you got to eat right. Those vegetables, you got to stay in the gym. Pretty much take my life, do the opposite of that. That's how you do it. But as a church, we're going to be Intentional this year. We're going to be extremely focused this year and we're going to accomplish goals on purpose Not only in our individual lives, but as as a church as an organization I'm telling you I think 2024 we are going to reach some people on purpose I I believe it. And you might say, well, Mark, we already reach a bunch of people. And I would say, you're right. We need to reach more people. Come on. I mean, that's kind of the reason the church exists is to make a difference in the world. So we're going to feed people. We're going to help people. We're going to have free haircut events and giant giveaway events and block party events. And I've really been dreaming about this. And we're going to launch into it. This year for Easter, we're going to take the Dream City Church. We're going to go to the Expo Center. And we're going to have one giant mega service, and we're going to invite everybody, and we're going to stalk people, and we're going to drag them to church, and we're going to have a helicopter, and it's going to drop like 30,000 eggs. I mean, it's going to be unbelievable, but I'm doing it because last year I prayed, God, give us 100 souls on Easter And just like God does, man, he meets your expectation and then he surpasses it. We prayed for 100 souls. I think God gave us 160. Well, this year I'm praying for 500 souls. And I just can't wait to see what God's going to do. But we're going to do it on purpose. You can't just sit around and hope things happen. you got to do them on purpose. We're going to really dive into God's word this year and discover the real Jesus on purpose not religion, not legalism, not rules, the real living, breathing person of Jesus, and we're going to learn to walk in his power. I'm tired of watching people live underachieving lives, getting beat up by the enemy all the time when the Lord's called you to be more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody. When the Lord's called you to live a victorious life, there's power available to believers. We got to learn to walk in it. We're going to dream on purpose. We're going to Pray dangerous prayers and believe God for big things. We're gonna think on purpose. We're gonna apply the Word of God to our minds because we are in a crisis of mental health in this nation. We've never experienced mental health issues like we are today. And we don't have to just sit here, curl up in our little ball, wondering what we're gonna do. I know the guy that's got the answers, man. We're gonna take those answers, <laughs> apply them to our lives. Some of your finances are an absolute disaster. You're drowning in credit card debt and bad decisions. We're going to get those finances healthy. We're going to do it on purpose. We're having financial peace starting in February. Some of you desperately need to sign up. I'm praying that this year your marriage is going to be better than it's ever been. It's my prayer for everyone in this room that your current marriage is your last marriage. It's my prayer. I can't fix anything that's happened before, but my prayer is that this one is it, man. And if you only got one life, and you're planning to be with this individual for the rest of it, and the rest of your life's a long dang time, husbands don't say anything, keep your eyes straight ahead. <laughs> if you had to choose between spending the rest of your life miserable, or spending the rest of your life happy and fulfilled, it's a no-brainer, friends. I want to be happy, I want to be fulfilled. We're going to work on our marriages on purpose, because I believe that strong marriages are the key ingredient for strong families. And strong families make strong churches. Strong churches make strong communities. Strong communities make a strong, bright future for our families, which is what God wants to do. You do know that God doesn't want to just save a bunch of souls, even though he definitely wants to do that. When God gets involved in the community, he changes everything. I want to see the economy of southeast Oklahoma completely changed. I want to see this poverty and drug addiction eradicated. It starts right here with believers just like you and me. It's going to be phenomenal. Community of Hope is opening January 26th, by the way, the grand opening. It's going to be beautiful. We're going to make such an incredible impact. But today and for the next three weeks, we're going to specifically focus in And we are going to pray on purpose. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to be answering some big questions in your life. Such as, Mark, do I have to fold my hands to pray? Do I have to close my eyes and bow my head? Do I need to get a spiritual voice when addressing the Lord? And use fancy words. Where should I pray? When should I pray? What should I pray All the questions that believers need to know. But today I want to start on this because I think if we can answer this, it makes everything else fall into place. I want to give you five reasons today of why you need to be praying. You guys ready? Five reasons why you need to be praying. Number one is this. Prayer keeps you connected to God. It truly does. Prayer is nothing more than a conversation between you and God. Prayer is communication. It's just that simple. And it, not only your relationship with God, but your relationship with your spouse, your kids, your family, your best friend. Fill in the blank, whatever relationship in your life. If there's no communication in that relationship, you are begging for massive problems within that relationship. Which is why Paul told us in 1 Thessalonians to pray without ceasing Keep this ongoing conversation happening, the lines of communication open. Now, listen, I understand it is literally impossible to pray without ceasing, right? But I don't really think that's what Paul had in mind. I think he's talking about keeping that attitude of prayer, keeping that heart open, communicating with God while you're driving, while you're at work, whatever's going on. You know, Craig Rochelle, the pastor of Life Church, he says this, I never pray for more than five or 10 minutes at a time. He's pastoring the largest church in America, over 100,000 people. I never pray for more than five or 10 minutes at a time, but I never go more than an hour without praying. And I think that is what living in prayer, prayer without ceasing, looks like. You just keep those lines of communication open. Friends, think about this. Look at the life of Jesus, okay? The Son of God left heaven to come to earth, he's the Messiah. All through the Gospels. And Jesus left the disciples to go pray. And Jesus went to a solitary place to go pray. And Jesus spent the night on the mountainside praying. If the Son of God, the Messiah, needed to pray to stay connected to God in order to do what he was called to do, I can promise you, friends, every person in this room needs to stay connected to God in prayer if you're ever going to have a chance of doing what he's called you to do. Amen. Prayer keeps you connected. When you pray, number two, prayer gives you guidance. This is so huge. Here's the reality for all of us in this room. We know God has a plan and purpose for our life. Is that true? Woo, yeah, we like it. We celebrate it. Yeah, You have no idea where you're going. You have no idea how to get there. It's all right to say amen. And you have no idea what it's going to take to get you there. But he does. You don't have to do this alone. He knows exactly where you're going. He knows exactly how you're going to get there, and he knows exactly what you need along the way. Friends, you need guidance from God, and the way you get guidance from God is a four-letter word, friends. You pray. That's how you get guidance from God, all through the word. Simeon. God made Simeon a promise. You're going to see the Messiah before you die. Scripture says that Simeon was led by the Spirit, I challenge you in 2024 as you read the New Testament, watch for that phrase, how many times it exists, led by the Spirit. Because the Spirit had to tell Simeon on a certain day, at a certain time, to be in a certain place, or he would have never seen the Messiah. It wasn't just some chance. This man was staying connected to God, and he was being led and guided by the Spirit, and that's why he got to see the Messiah. Amen? Jesus, Scripture says, he got baptized, and then he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Forty days, forty nights, he fasted, he prayed, he overcame the enemy, he walked out of the wilderness, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with power, and that's when he started his ministry. Jesus didn't do one single miracle on earth until he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, Philip is walking down the road one day, sees a caravan with an Ethiopian dude in it, trying to read the book of Isaiah. Scripture says Philip was, you're catching on, he was led by the spirit. He approached the man, explained the scripture. He gave his heart to the Lord. Listen, did you know that Ethiopia was one of the first places that the gospel spread like wildfire? Did you know still today, Ethiopia is one of the most Christian places on planet earth? I was just there back in September, this big, huge airport. It's all remodeled. It's beautiful. I'm walking through the airport in Ethiopia over the loudspeakers. Do you know what they're playing? Michael W. Smith, man. Crucified, laid behind. Like, it's one of the most... What if Philip wasn't being led by the Spirit that day? Oh, think about that, friends. Think about this. Paul, Scripture says, was forbidden by the Spirit to go to Asia. How many situations do we get ourselves into that we have no business being involved in, but we're not being led by the Spirit? The question we need to ask ourselves is, what messes are we getting into and what blessings are we missing out on by not being led by the Spirit? If you want to be guided by God, you better be praying. I prayed two weeks ago. God, I need direction. Man, I got some big decisions to make for this place. It's it's stressful, it's pressure, it's God, I need you to speak to me so clearly, so directly. Two weeks ago, well, our good friend Bob Lance calls me on Thursday, say, Pastor, I gotta meet with you, man. The Lord showed me something, okay? He comes to my office, he's hesitant to tell me, because it's kind of like a, a big, bold statement. Even his wife, Bobby's like, "Bob, don't tell him that, man." But he doesn't listen to his wife." <laughs> so he very sheepishly says, "Pastor, like, I don't know if I was awake or asleep or dreaming, but I know at three o'clock the other evening, the Lord spoke to me, and he told me to tell you this." And they acted very sheepish, and I said, "Bob, two weeks ago." I prayed this exact same prayer, that God would speak to me clearly and directly. I'm thankful that Bob Lands was being led by the Spirit. Listen, it's not hooky kooky hocus-pocus. The Lord can speak to you. He can lead you. He can guide you. We need it. The third reason you better be praying is it keeps your heart clean. Look at this verse in Jeremiah chapter 17. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can even know it, man? Like, this heart is wild. Here's the thing I've learned about people that are deceived, 24 years of doing ministry. The amazing things about people that are deceived, people that are deceived don't know that they're deceived. Because if they knew that they were deceived, then guess what? They wouldn't be deceived anymore. It's not bad people. They're they're just deceived. And the second the Holy Spirit speaks to their life, they're not deceived anymore, and they walk out of those things. So let me ask you this question. If your heart is full of deceit and wickedness, then how are you going to know if your heart is being deceitful or wicked unless you invite in a second opinion from somebody who's not deceitful or not wicked to keep a check on this thing. Mr. Holy Spirit, that's what his job is in your life. This phrase of just follow your heart, just follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. That's the last thing you need to follow It's deceitful and wicked. You better be following the Holy Spirit. But that's his job in your life. Keeps his heart clean. Keeps his heart pure. Otherwise, you don't even know. I'm sure every person in this room has had some kind of experience or or conflict with somebody that you walk away from and in that moment you're like that's what's up. Like I won that argument and you feel so right and you feel so justified. I mean your head's held high. I told that until like maybe a week later when the Lord gets a hold of you. You're like ugh you know maybe I wasn't as right. Maybe my motives weren't as pure. Maybe my you know Eric and I have been married for eighteen years. And she seems like a very shy, sweet person. And she is to everyone else in her life except me, okay? Um, And we don't have fights. We have passionate conversations. There's a huge difference between a fight and a passionate conversation. We have passionate conversation. And we agree on almost everything. I mean, really, 99% of the time we agree we're on the same page. Life is good. But there is that 1% where we're having a passionate conversation. And I have to gently remind her that I'm the head of the household. (laughs) And that I'm the man. And according to Scripture, she needs to submit. And I am her... (laughs) spiritual authority and not only am I a spi- I'm a man of God so it counts for more so sometimes I just have to very graciously kindly patiently reminder of that right and generally about an hour later I hear this little voice that says did you really say that are you really that arrogant and that prideful And initially, I'm confused because surely the Holy Spirit's not talking to me, right? (laughs) Somebody else in the room you're speaking to, Holy Spirit? Yes, I hear that word. And I'm not going to say that I necessarily apologize to Erica in those moments, okay? But I acknowledge maybe that some of my prior comments were a little off base. She'll be the first to tell you I'm not the best at telling people that I'm wrong, And I think that comes down to the fact that, like, I just haven't had a whole lot of experience. I'm not wrong very often, so maybe I'll get better. (laughs) This is why David prayed in Psalms 139 Search me. Search me. This needs to be part of your prayer life. Search me, God. And know my heart. It's deceitful, it's wicked, baby. Search it. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's what prayer does, man. It keeps this heart clean. It keeps this heart pure, soft, pliable, free from unforgiveness. You better pray if you want to keep your heart clean. Amen. The fourth thing prayer does in our life is it creates faith. I think this is going to be a biggie for some of you in the year 2024 because you're right here and you've been right here for a lot of years and God's trying to get you like way over here. It's going to take a little bit of faith. Watch how prayer produces faith in our lives. Mark 9, don't put the scripture up. I'm just going to tell it to you. Mark 9, a father brings his demon-possessed son to Jesus' disciples. And the demon has made him mute. It throws him to the ground. He convulses. He gnashes his teeth. It tries to Throw him in fire and tries to drown him. I mean, it's a horrible situation. So they bring this boy to the disciples. The disciples pray, they cannot cast the demon out. Lo and behold, Jesus comes walking up about that time. One of my favorite stories: the dad's like, Hey Jesus, if you think you can help, and Jesus is like, whoa, cowboy, if you think I can help, like anything is possible to those who believe. And the father responds, God, I believe, but you got to help my unbelief. That's a prayer of faith right there that we need to pray. God, I believe, but you got to help this unbelief. So Jesus cast the demon out of that boy. And later, when it's just Jesus and the disciples, the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, what's up, man? Like, we did the thing, you know, we did it. And it didn't work. And Jesus says this in verse 29, Mark 9. He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. Okay, now remember this statement. This one comes out only by prayer. Because just like many stories in the Gospels, they're in more than one book. Matthew chapter 17, don't go to it. I'm just going to tell you. It's the exact same story. The father brings the boy to the disciples. The disciples try to cast it out. They can't. Jesus shows up, casts the demon out of the boy. Later, the disciples ask Jesus, hey, what's up? And this is what Jesus says this time. Listen to this. He replied, why couldn't we cast it out? Because you have so little faith. I believe that Jesus is trying to help us connect some dots. Listen, there are some things in life that it takes a whole bunch of faith to see become a reality in your life. And if you want to get faith, refer to the first verse when I said, some of these things only happen by faith. Prayer. Friends, if you want faith in your life, that is the roadmap. It's time to pray. Listen to what the rest of the verse says. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Maybe you feel like your faith is small. Maybe you feel like your faith is weak. I have the blueprint for you. I'm going to put it on the screen. Need more faith? Here's the answer, friends. It's easy. Pray. Pray, pray. Because when we pray, it builds a relationship with Jesus. That line of communication is open. And the more of a relationship you build with Jesus, guess what happens? The more you get to know him, so the more you trust him. And the more that you get to know him and the more that you trust him, it becomes easier and easier when he says, why don't you step out that boat? When you trust him. It's easier to believe. And when you believe, anything is possible. Some of us need some faith in our lives in the year 2024. And the way we're going to get it is praying. And lastly, friends, Mark, why do we need to pray? Why do you pray? Why do you think it's so important in the life of a believer? It's very simple. I pray because I think it works. Plain and simple. That's why I pray. Because when I pray... God listens and he begins to move on my behalf. I pray because it works. I want to throw some scriptures at you. Take a picture of them. We're going to go through them fast. 1 John 5 says this. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Matthew eighteen nineteen. I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. James chapter 4. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You didn't pray, friends. People praying, God hearing, and God moving is one of the central themes throughout the entire word of God. Genesis to Revelations. God's people humble themselves, pray, and God moves on their behalf. It's all through the scriptures. Moses prayed, and the Red Sea parted. Hannah prayed, God gave her a son. Time and time again, David is caught in the middle of a heated battle. He prays and God delivers him and gives him victory. Daniel in the lion's den, guess what he did. Prayed, and God zipped up those lips, man. It's the secret sauce. It works. We need to pray. I watch it work every single day of my life, living in this church, in this ministry world. It's beautiful. You heard just a few weeks ago, Jessica Brenner prayed, and God did an amazing work in the life of her husband. He's been set free. Their marriage has been restored because one lady prayed. After having dozens and dozens of miscarriages, dozens, Brandon and Amy Shaw prayed. And not only did God answer their prayer with one kid, he hit them with that double portion, baby. He gave them two because that's what prayer does. Come on, man. Now listen, despite a very deadly diagnosis a few years ago, Derek Shaw stood and he prayed, and here we are today. His wife is completely cancer-free because that's what prayer does. It works. A doctor met with a woman and says, listen, you got huge problems. You are going to lose this child. There is no way you're going to carry this child for term. But a woman named Tamara Hinnon decided to stand in faith and pray and lo and behold she gave birth to a very handsome talented red-headed preacher because prayer works. Although a little boy was born dead and had been dead for about 10 minutes. A woman of faith by the name of Erica Hinnon Stood in faith and she prayed. And now that little boy's about 13 years old. He's healthy, he's happy, and he's the biggest redneck in Pittsburgh County. But I'm telling you, prayer works. Five years ago, I stood on this stage and it looked impossible. And it looked like there was no way that God could intervene. But a group of people in this room got together and they trusted God and they prayed. And God's done nothing but miracle after miracle after miracle. He's blessed us. He's prospered us. And five years later, there's been over 1,500 people that have given their hearts to Jesus all because some people had the faith to stand and pray, man. That's why I pray. It's not like I don't have anything better to do. I pray because when I pray, man, God loves me. I'm his favorite. I'm pretty convinced. You should be too. But when his favorite prays, he listens and he starts moving. I can't always see what he's doing. It doesn't always happen in the time frame that I hope it does. But the second I start praying, my dad starts moving When I pray, things start happening. That's why I pray, it really works. I wanna challenge you over these next three weeks, it's time to pray with the belief that God is hearing me and things are gonna be moving. I want you to take just two or three minutes. I know, I'm one minute over, it's gonna be okay. We're still gonna beat those Baptists to the buffet, I promise, (laughs) I promise. There'll be some Chinese food left when you get there, I'm sure. That meat is perfect. Oh, it's your fault. You keep coming back every Sunday. And if you didn't, I wouldn't even have a place to preach. So I want you to grab a connect card from the seat in front of you. There's like four or five seats on every row. There's little connect cards. I want you to grab a connect card. Come on, don't be bashful. Right now, you can reach down there and grab your connect card. On the back of that connect card, I want you to write some prayers for 2024 Put your name on it, don't put your name on it, I don't care. People are going to see it, so. I don't want them to be safe. I don't want them to be little. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to pray some big, bold, brave prayers for you, for your family, for your spouse, for your marriage, for fill in the blank, whatever it is. But just take a couple minutes, because we're going to be meeting here. And we're gonna be praying. And as you leave today, I just I want you to put those things in the little offering bucket, uh, along with wads and wads of cash. Um, because when the body of Christ starts praying over some specific things on purpose, God starts moving, amen? So again, just take just a couple minutes. Write some prayers on one card, two cards, three cards. And as we leave today, we're gonna to put them in the buckets. But seriously. Holy Spirit, just speak to our hearts this morning. You know what we need. We don't even know what we need sometimes. You know where we're going. You know the prayers we need to be praying. Speak to our hearts today. Let me give you a little advice. If you can see a reasonable path forward to how that prayer could come true, well, then it's not big enough. Because God doesn't need your help. And he shines in places when you get to your extremity, that's his opportunity. It's a problem we don't get to the end of ourselves. We never get out of the boat into the impossible. So God does so little in some of our lives. So if you can see a reasonable path forward, then pray something bigger. Pray something that seems impossible. Pray something that makes you uncomfortable. Something that stretches you, man. Don't stay where you're at. We're moving on purpose this year. Write some prayers down. Jesus, I love you so much, so thankful, so thankful for everything you've done, for everything you're doing, and God, I'm just so thankful. My heart is full of anticipation, expectation for what you're about to do in the year 2024. You're up to something supernatural, something that's going to exceed our wildest imaginations, our greatest dreams. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would put a passion in our hearts like never before to believe for something bigger. The truth is we are living today the prayers that we prayed 5, 10, 15 years ago. We're creating that future. We're praying those things into existence. So God, if you want us to be doing greater things in the next season, we gotta be praying greater prayers today. So God, just put that passion, put that childlike faith and belief in our hearts that you really are who you say you are and you really can do what you say you can do. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. In the beautiful name of Jesus, everybody said. Listen, if you're still writing, keep writing. If not, drop those in the buckets on your way out. I love you guys. I'll see you Wednesday, 6 o'clock. We're going to eat. We're going to pray. We're going to feast. God bless you guys. I love you.